0: Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Senior Occupancy Planner at JLL, Brian Froud, sits down with one of our young leaders to examine ways in which the corporate real estate profession can attract and maintain talent.
1: Welcome to Cornet Global's What's Next podcast. I'm Brian Froud and today we'll be discussing how to attract, retain and motivate high performing talent. With me today is Simon Darmody from Kingfisher Recruitment. Simon is a Young Leader Cornet member and recently spoke on stage at the annual conference in Sydney. Thanks for joining me, Simon. Thank you for having me. First up, uh, tell us your experience about presenting at the annual conference in Sydney.
0: Well, it was great. It was the first sort of opportunity I had to you know, speak publicly, definitely in front of that many people. And it was great to sort of be given the opportunity to, to have a voice uh, as a young person in the industry as well. Of um, course, it is you know, a bit nerve wracking standing in front of, I think it was about a couple hundred people or so. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But you know, all in all, it was a great experience and I, I think it was received pretty well in the end as well. Yeah,
1: and so the topic you spoke about was about attracting and retaining high-performing talent, and that's what we'll cover today. Is um, I was wondering if you could tell us what recruitment looks like for commercial real estate firms in the workforce of the future. Well,
0: first of all, the, you know, the key part that I, you know, what I spoke about in Sydney is I found there's definitely not enough young people coming into the industry. I went and spoke to some high school students, and 19 out of 20 students didn't even know corporate real estate was an industry you could go into for a career Uh, so I think that is key as educating young people and whether that's going out to high schools or or any other ways of educating young people that the industry exists and speaking to them about you know what the career paths are the opportunities
1: Mm. And so, in your day job working for a recruitment firm, how do you find that you attract a lot of your candidates? Are they from are most of them in property currently, or are some of them from totally different areas and you kind of lure them over?
0: I think it's probably about a ninety percent, ten percent split. Uh, you ninety know, percent of it is those the candidates that have the experience in property or, or corporate real estate. Uh, the other ten percent is you know, people coming from different backgrounds such as hospitality and uh you know events management things like that that have you know that that sort of real customer service focus to it as that tends to be you know something companies are really focusing on on mm. these days.
1: Yeah, and certainly that experience piece is um, what a lot of uh, firms are focusing. And yeah, you know, I've seen it myself. A lot of people coming in from hospitality, um, even a lot of training and learning and development courses these days are being facilitated by people that work in hospitality to try and really sort of hone in those soft skills to um, people that are currently in the workforce that maybe not have had exposure to it. Definitely. I suppose, t- speaking about those soft skills, are you starting to see um, a bit more sort of focus on that as opposed to the sort of hard, you know, certifications and qualifications?
0: Hmm, definitely. There's a you know, massive, from employees to em- and employers, there's a massive movement towards more soft skills over technical skills, we find. Uh, we we're seeing, you know, sort of more and more people you know, that are getting to those really senior levels without even having any sort of qualifications, whether they're technical or not. And they've gotten there mainly from, you know, their, their soft skills, essentially, yeah. and from that, that high level, you know, customer service and the ability to engage people, you know, no matter where they're from or, and, and what their, their ability is, essentially.
1: If you were a commercial real estate firm, what's the first thing or best thing you can do to attract uh, young talent into your workforce?
0: Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, and we're seeing it at the moment, is the types of things like work-life balance and things like that. Uh, you know, the the amazing fit-outs that you see in some companies as well that mm-hmm. allow a lot of flexibility and autonomy as well. Uh, and young people, mainly these days, what, what I've seen is they really want to sort of be you know, be heard and feel that they're valued in a, in a business no matter the size of it, no matter their role. Mm. Uh, so then that's about... You know, letting that happen and making people you know, give that, them that sense of autonomy yep. uh, and bringing that through right from you know, the start of people's careers and up through.
1: Yeah, I think that notion of having a voice and being heard is well, one thing that distinguishes the younger workforce from perhaps the older workforce where, you know, previously the mentality was that you had to earn your stripes, do your time before mm-hmm. then maybe you could get to have an opinion or have, have to speak to someone in the hierarchy. But these days it's getting much sort of flatter or the expectations are that it should be flatter.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you're seeing that, as you said, the expectations, that's a perfect word for it. Young people. You know, there, there is there, that expectation that they're going to come in and you know, make that impact mm. right away. Mm. Uh, you know, whether it be you know, a massive property firm or you know, a team of, of five, essentially, yep. they really just want to come in and you know, have an impact on, on the day-to-day. Yeah, and so
1: it, with the retention as, aspect of it, getting them in the door is one thing, but then keeping them is a, another sort of harder thing. Particularly given that um, you know younger workers are more likely to move into different roles with competitors much more than their predecessors. Mm.
0: Yeah, so that and that comes into yeah, that that value piece uh, as well. You know, a lot of people, you know, they do leave jobs uh, you know, less these days for for money. Mm. They they want a bigger a bigger part of the team. Um, you know, whether it might be their own project or, or their own team to manage. Uh, so if they you can have the opportunity to train someone up into higher level roles or, or even if it is the same role, but giving them mm. more things bolstered on so they feel like they are making that impact.
1: Yeah, and what about the culture piece in, reta- in retaining people as well? Yeah, uh, of course, you
0: know, probably even bigger is mm. the culture piece these days. Um, yeah, I think it, it is key about having that you know, work life balance and, and you know a lot of companies are doing things on weekends like a, a sporting event or a run um, doing little things like that some some charity things as well as you know celebrating all all the you know events that come up through the year such as birthdays and can be really simple yeah but have a massive impact on you know the the how much people enjoy the culture
1: yeah excellent and i suppose when it comes to motivating um young workers in the, in the workforce, are there any sort of tips or tricks or any special ways that uh, firms can make sure that that happens?
0: Um, I think one to stick away from, which we've seen in the recent years, is uh, telling someone they can't do mm. something, which can be, you know, you can say it, but in a different way. Um, but, you know, a lot of the time, you know, they really want to, to come in uh, as that and make that impact. And if you tell them they can't, mm. uh, a lot of the motivation goes goes out the window very quickly yeah Uh, so I think that's a a key one to stick away from
1: yeah well I mean it certainly puts back that lens of the hospitality experience and you know sometimes the best people that work in hospitality will never say no or you can't have something instead what they do is try and give you options so so you can choose something of you know what you can do rather than simply saying no so in your talk at the annual conference you mentioned the experience economy could you uh, explain for us what that is
0: yeah, so the the experience economy is bringing things into your business uh, beyond just your core offering uh, and your core business uh, essentially, and make, having whether it's employees or customers come back because they had a great experience rather than you know, they they just got that great car. Mm. Uh, for instance, have you heard of Mercedes Me? So they're they're down underneath Rialto Tower, yes. and they're uh, so it is a Mercedes. Dealership essentially, mm. but they have only about two cars in there, and they have a cafe, a little bit of a restaurant in there as well. And you know, it's about you know, bringing people and having a, a discussion with them over a coffee or over a bite to eat, uh, and having that relaxed feel and that nice experience over there just selling a car mm. as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it happened to me on a flight. Um, you know, I've taken plenty of flights, but um, in this one instance, I was chatting to the flight attendant, talking about my upcoming wedding. And then, without having asked, he ducked away for five minutes and then came back with an entire bottle of Chardonnay that he gave to me to take home to my uh, wife-to-be in the coming weeks. So um, those little moments with you can really sort of stick um, compared to sort of the mundane or bad experiences. Exactly,
0: and you still remember that one. Yeah. And that that is key that, you know, and how much more likely do you think you're you're probably gonna fly with them Mm. the next time? Just from that, you know, it might, might be 20 seconds. But uh, it makes a massive difference.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose one thing that does stick out is like I still remember his name, and that happened, you know, over a year and a half ago now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it certainly sticks with you, those um, good experiences. Mm, definitely. Um, I suppose uh, just finishing up, what are some current roles that you're probably finding the hardest to recruit for at the moment? What are sort of some trending roles out there uh, that are emerging?
0: The, the ones that, the, well, the one that speaks out to me the most, that is uh, emerging and probably the hardest to recruit for as well, is sort of along the, the workplace manager lines. It's a you know, fairly new role that probably was around five, ten years ago. Uh, and because of that, you can't really find people with you know, ten years experience mm-hmm. in, in the role. Uh, and that role's come across, you know, come along essentially because people, as we said, want that customer service and that experience economy now for all their staff. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, getting really difficult uh, at times to, to recruit that one because there are some people with an amount of experience, but it is becoming a very in-demand role. Mm. Uh, and of course, yeah, there's you know, being so young, there's not so many people coming into it yep. uh, as the demand is essentially.
1: Thanks, Simon. I look forward to seeing our commercial real estate changes over the next few years and certainly what the future workforce looks like. Thanks again for your time today. Thank you for having me. This concludes this episode of What's Next?,
0: Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.